It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast, we will take a deep dive into the Ravens versus Bears, Washington versus Carolina, Vikings and Packers, and the Chargers versus the Steelers. Plus, the Carlos Bowl. Carlos gives his thoughts on the Carlos Bowl between the Cowboys and the Chiefs, and so much more. All coming your way next. You're listening to the Kirby on Sports Podcast. Shout out Q. Shout out Q. Shout out Q. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Coming to you from the Trumbull Insurance Agency virtual studio where you can turn your stress and anxiety into peace and security with Trumbull Insurance. Reach out to Patrick Bandkemper at 540-532-0622 for all your insurance needs today. For our sponsors, Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, and Mark Francis with Icon Real Estate, this is another edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast. We are minus one as Carlos is unable to join us today. So we do have the weapon, Dan Dembski, alongside myself today. Dan, how are you, sir? Great introduction, man. I'm doing well. Thank you very much for uh, for having me on once again. It's uh, it's it's been a long road. It's almost like we're back to the old days a little bit with uh, no, the off the, season. This is the like two, the off season. That's right, man. The two man booth today. So <laughs> should, be, should be good. A lot to get to in this week 11 oh, yeah. slate of games. Absolutely. We will also have Carlos's thoughts. On the Carlos Bowl, uh, we will get to that as well, along with my interview with Washington football great Rick Doc Walker recapping the Washington football team's victory over the Carolina Panthers 20-7-21. to to So I'm really excited. Big show for us today. But let's get stuff started here, Dan, talking about your Ravens. And I mean... I mean, this was probably one of the sloppiest games. I I tuned back and forth, but I was like, this is crazy. Because first and foremost, you have Lamar Jackson, who has a non-COVID-related illness, and he's unable to go. I'm not sure what Jackson's deal is with him and illness, but it's like he's had this problem a lot. But well. What happened was they had they had a stomach virus go through the facility uh, the week week before the game, and he just he couldn't couldn't beat it. Um, and part of that, I think, is because he had COVID and his immune system probably. Well, he had COVID twice, technically, um, you know, and his immune system probably isn't in the best shape. So that I mean, that's not confirmed, but like, let's let's be real. That's probably what it is. So it's so- crazy. 
So, so Tyler Huntley gets mm-hmm. the start in this game and doesn't really look the best. There's an interception, 26 yeah. for 36, 219 yards. I mean, it was just this was the game that the Bears needed to win. And once again, the Bears find a way not to win this game. And it comes down game winning drive once again. You that fourth down play at the very end, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Blown coverage and Andy Dalton after Justin yeah. Fields goes out with an apparent rib injury, um, goes out and is scores, takes the lead. But then the Ravens, they just uh, make another comeback drive, another game winning drive, and ends up winning this football game 16 to 13. Yeah, uh, you pretty much just said it, you know, that this team is is built for comebacks for some odd reason. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's uh, something in their system that they like the adrenaline of trying to make a comeback. It makes fans, sit, you know, sit on the edge of their seats, that's for sure, and, and you know, gives us high blood pressure. But, um, yeah, th- this game was, I mean, sloppy is definitely a great way to put it, you know, they – the big thing for the Ravens was going to be establishing the run and they never, they never, they never really did in this game, not consistently. Um, you know, they had Devonte Freeman at the leading rusher with 49 yards. Huntley had 40 yards. So, I mean, that goes to show you kind of, you know, without Lamar, they, they really have to establish the run if, you know, if they're going to be successful, but look, Huntley threw for 219 yards. And I know, I know you said that the bears, another loss for the bears or whatever the bears find another way. How about the Ravens finding another way to win? I, I think that's the the key thing for me is with all the injuries they've had with all the crazy stuff they've had happening to them, you know, they, they shouldn't be seven and three, but they're mm-hmm. the, the difference is they're resilient, you know, mm-hmm. resilient football teams find a way to win, win games when they have to win them. So the Ravens are that way, but um, yeah, a- Andy Dalton played had a great game against this defense uh, for sure. And of course it looked almost like it did uh, a, f- a few times when he was on the Bengals. And uh, what comes to mind is that um, knocking us out of the playoffs, I think it was 2017, um, maybe 2016. It's, I try to wipe it out of my memory, but that we, that final game of the season when uh, he helped knock the Ravens off. And one of them, was a long touchdown pass, very similar to what happened in this game. Now, very different circumstances, obviously. We still have a long road here in the season. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the first thing I'd address is, like, why do you blitz eight guys there? And if people were watching the live stream that we did on Sunday, they'll see and hear my frustration was pretty clear about that play. Um, and I think Harbaugh commented after the game that essentially sometimes you you put all your cards on the table, but I don't like it. I mean, b- Big Bill Cower said afterwards, um, and this this was really well said by him that so you know there there's situational football. There are times when you have to just sit back and play coverage, and there are times when you blitz. And on a fourth down and long, uh, with the game on the line, you don't you don't blitz eight guys like that. That's just foolish. So I totally agree with him. And it looked like it was going to cost the Ravens, but you got to give Tyler Huntley credit. He drove them all the way down the fields, had some really nice passes on that last drive, and then Devontae Freeman finishes it off. Um, you know, good football teams find ways to win even without their best players. So the Ravens are 7-3 and three for a reason. Um, 
the defense played really well other than that one drive uh, at, at the end of the game. Other than that, I was pretty happy with how we played. Now, I know Chicago doesn't have the best offense, let's be honest. Um, but, you know, the, the defense had been given up loads of points week after week after week. So this was an important step for them, too, to finally, you know, change that narrative that they just give up, you know, so many points. So that, that was key. And then for the offense, um, yeah, there was there was some, some some struggling going on for sure. I thought Sammy Watkins, it was good to see him back in the lineup. Uh, he had three catches for 48 yards. Uh, he was targeted four times. So he's he's going to be key for the Ravens now moving forward. I think they, they needed that other blank, you know, security blanket type of receiver, uh, preferably for Lamar, but for Tyler, Tyler Huntley in this game. And that and that was key. Um, yeah, this this game was like I it was it was just very. It was very stagnant there for a while, um, very close, not not a lot of points scored. Um, I think you pretty much mentioned that in your intro, you know, so, so my takeaway from all this is simply, you know, the Ravens, first of all, the Ravens have to get more healthy. And I think getting Lamar back is going to be huge for them moving forward. Um, and getting some, some other, some cornerbacks back. Cause they have a couple guys who were supposed to play this past weekend, including Jimmy Smith and Jimmy Smith didn't play once again. So He'll be key to key to coming back as well because if he's out there I, and he was, you know, he was covering on that play. It was it was Stevens who got beat on that fourth uh, fourth down touchdown pass. That, that doesn't happen. That that straight up doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's really all I have for this game. It was it wasn't the most flashy game, uh, but like I said, good teams find a way without their best players, and and the Ravens have been like I said at the start riddled with injuries, not just Lamar, but um, you know, 14, 15 guys on IR, I think six or seven starters um, on, on IR on both sides of the ball, well, combined on both sides of the ball. So it's been tough. And, you know, the, the, the key thing moving forward is can they get more healthy? And, you know, they need to establish the run. That, that's the key thing for their offense. If they can do that, whether it's Lamar or Tyler Huntley, I really don't think, I really don't think their offense can be slowed down. Um, the offensive line, again, that was another reason why I thought Huntley struggled. Uh, we really saw the issues of the offensive line come out. And I think with Lamar, it sort of gets masked a little bit because, you know, he's able to escape easier and things like that. Uh, but Tyler Huntley didn't. He's not Lamar. He's not this, the crazy athletic. Uh, can throw the ball just as well as he can pass it player like Lamar is. So, um I'll take the win. It was ugly. We're seven and three. We're one of the best teams in the AFC right now. And like I said, with all the injuries, all the attrition that this team has gone through, I'm very pleased uh, where where we are right now. I just hope we continue to get healthy. And um, very tough stretch of schedule coming down the season here as we have most of our divisional games as well as uh, having to play Green Bay and the Rams. So it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at this Ravens team um... – uh, I feel like some of the play calling in my mind was questionable. And I'll, oh, yeah. give, I'll go back to what you said about blitzing eight on that fourth down play. I mean, some of that, if you change it up, there's a chance it might come down to the fourth down being incomplete or not successful. And you win the game right there. And you don't even have to worry about a comeback drive to win the game. 
So exactly. it's stuff like that. I feel like the Ravens need to work more on. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, they're seven and three. And I still feel like they need to work on some of that fine tuning stuff. And then they might be even better. Yeah. And we've seen the offensive play call issues as well. Um, not as much with this game. I just feel like the execution in this game just wasn't there. Um, for whatever reason, for a lot of the game, it's really until late in the game when, when they needed to. Um, I mean, we saw in the Dolphins game, really, the play calling was pretty poor. And when the Ravens won the Super Bowl in, in at the end of the 2012-2013 season, you know, they, they um, fired their offensive coordinator, you know, in week, I think it was week 11 or 12. It was late in the season. It was, it was a little later than now. Um, but they made a change, and that that ignited that offense for whatever reason to make that run into the playoffs. So I, I don't think they do that now. Um, but there are times when I will say Greg Roman does things that I'm very confused about, and and the play calling just seems to get predictable. Um, you know, I, I and I think that falls squarely on the offensive coordinator's shoulder. So I think that's another thing too. You know, be more unpredictable, be more bold, and again. You know, with when your starting quarterback is missing practices and stuff like that, you you can't always work on that stuff. So that that's another element to that as well. But I'm happy with with where the Ravens are, especially the rest of the AFC right now is pandemonium. I mean, I know we'll talk about these games, but you saw what the what the happens to the Bills and the Titans this past weekend. It's just been crazy. Um, no team has really asserted their dominance at all. You know, we're starting to think that the teams that we thought were the dominant teams are now not so much. Um, and that's that's on the AFC and the NFC side. So, um, yeah, like, like I said, I'm happy with seven and three. They always have stuff to clean up and that's going to be key, especially going up against these these divisional opponents and the Packers and the Rams. You, you have to be on your, you know, on your P's and Q's essentially to whoops, as I dropped my phone on the ground and it really fell. Um <laughs> You have to be on it completely um, to finish out the season. And, you know, hopefully this is a playoff team and um, it, you, you, you have to have 110% uh, when, it, when it comes to the playoffs as well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100% with that, Dan. So once again, that's the first game on our list. The Ravens 16 and the Bears 13. And I, I don't even think we touched on this. I touched on it a little bit but justin fields a rib injury and yeah. andy dalton coming and throwing 11 for 23 and two touchdowns so no, he looked good no, he looked good and you yeah know, and, i mean that and, quarterback situation in chicago every single year seems to be a mess yeah and one guy plays well for a couple weeks and then struggles and that's it's like you said it's a revolving door with, yeah. with that situation. So. Absolutely. So moving on, Dan, we will talk about the Washington football team defeating the Carolina Panthers. It was a homecoming for two people. Number one, Ron Rivera, who was a former coach for the Carolina Panthers and homecoming for former Panthers quarterback who got re-signed to the Panthers after getting released from the Patriots. However you want to put it, he used to be on the Panthers and now he's back. Cam Newton. And they started off the broadcast showing Cam coming out of the tunnel and it looked electrifying. It seemed like fans really liked him and uh, oh, liked him there. being back. I yeah. know, I know fans loved him and whatnot. And, um, I, it seemed like Cam really wanted to 
come back to Charlotte and perform well for the fans who love him and who have loved him in his first tenure in Carolina. And I must say, I I think Cam played pretty well. I mean, did, obviously people are saying, oh yeah, Cam's going to be the starter and whatnot. But there's all also this reality of the fact that Cam Newton is not in the Ron Rivera system. He's in the Matt Rule system. So you, you mm-hmm. can't learn that whole playbook in so much time because I know he was the red zone quarterback last week with PJ Walker taking most of the snaps. With that being said, I mean, he could have learned the whole playbook, Dan. I don't know, but he had a pretty good game, only throwing 21 for 27, 189 yards and two touchdowns. So give credit where credit is due. Cam Newton looked very well. I, I, I don't know if he can do better, but I, I mean, in my opinion, he had a pretty good performance against uh, Washington in this football game. But looking on the other side of the football, this was a test for the Washington football team, in my opinion, to see yep. if the game last week was a fluke or if the Washington football team is trying to become a better team and get on a roll. and. This is Heineke, Taylor Heineke's second straight game. Yeah, he played with, well. You know, uh, with very good numbers. 16 for 22, 206 yards and three touchdowns. Taylor Heineke is um, the top-graded PFF quarterback in Week 11 for this week, just so you know. Um, so, I mean, Washington there on office – Heineke looked well. He was getting out of the pocket, trying to make things happen instead of being limited to a pocket passer. I know that's been an issue. And you look on the defensive side of the ball without Chase Young, without Montez Sweat, and you're playing pretty good football. And I mean, there was only one sack that was at the end of the game, but I feel like the uh, defense caused pressure. And Yeah, I mean, there are improvements that need to be made, but the defense looked better than I've seen in the first maybe three, four, five weeks this season, in my opinion. No, you you said it well. I'll I'll start with Cam Newton. And, um, you know, last week, of course, like you said, he has to learn a whole new system. So he wasn't going to, you know, play as much as people expected. I think he'll get better. He'll get more acclimated to the new system. And we saw that in this game, I thought he played about as well as he could have played. Um, He carried their offense. I mean, Christian McCaffrey was, I mean, he's, he's back. I think now this is like his second or third week back in the lineup. I can't remember because he seems to always be hurt. So it's hard to keep up with. Um, But credit Washington's defense, man, only holding McCaffrey to 59 yards rushing is impressive. Um, And pretty much shutting down the the Panthers rushing attack. That was key uh, for, for Washington's defense. And then, um, they made they made enough plays to get to give their offense an opportunity, and and that's the key thing. And you you mentioned Chase Young and Montez Sweat not playing. You know it's 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 interesting. They've they played better uh in the in, in the last couple weeks without um, of course when you know with with Chase Young getting hurt, um, I think eventually they will feel the sting from that. But 
but but right now they're 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 playing better than they than they were the entire season. So you know it's it's something to watch for if they can continue to to get on this role. Um, I think also, you know, Washington established the run, ninety five rushing yards for Antonio Gibson in this game. I've talked about it week after week. The 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 main thing they have to do is establish the run. It makes it easier for Taylor Heineke. He only had to throw it twenty two times. That's that's the key for me. If Washington's going to win games, it's going to start with the run run game. 19 rushing attempts for Antonio Gibson. He should be back number one. I, I know they kind of do a running back by committee thing. I, I just McKissick doesn't impress me enough. Um, I think and look, I think when you have a two two running back system where you sort of split evenly, you know, it's it's not the best idea. Uh, I, I don't think so. Well, well, the reasoning behind seeing Patterson and McKissick is because uh, Antonio Gibson fumbled in the red zone and Ron Rivera benched him. Yeah, you, you have to hold accountability there because uh, in we'll get to Rick Doc Walker in just a moment. But he said something very well about this. I'll let him touch on. But um, uh, about accountability and stuff like that, but no, I get that. Yeah. I, you it, know, I get that. If you're going to fumble I, the ball in the red zone, y- you're going to expect to get benched. Well, I just, I know, I know, I understand that. I mean, I yeah. agree with that. And, um, but I, I, I do think eventually if, if Gibson shows, you know, he has a couple string of games here where he protects the football and he continues to play well, they gotta, they, they gotta make him the number one back. Um, I, I'm just, I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of the, the running back by committee thing um except when it's a team like the ravens who has two two washed up running backs but back to washington taylor heineke was impressive um just six incomplete passes 200 yards and three touchdowns the big thing for him no interceptions which that's always you know you know for for the last few weeks um he seems to have an ill ill ill-advised interception so the, the key thing for him and his growth as a quarterback which now he's got 15 touchdowns, nine picks on the season, um, is limiting the mistakes. That I mean, that's it. That that's all he had. That's all he has to do. And he's got some pretty good weapons. Uh, McLaurin, we we know how great Scary Terry is. Um, Humphreys has really developed into a nice receiver. And they, you know, they they're a little banged up in the receiving core as well. So, um, so who do you call, DeAndre Carter? Andre Carter. Yep, oh man, yep. he started as a kick returner and he got moved into that wide receiver role in Terry complimenting with DeAndre Carter. Excellent combination. I really, really like watching them. Both of them play. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I have to say about Washington. I think their defense, their defense has played better recently, but we'll see if they can, they can keep it going. That's, that's the key. They're four and six right now. They, they they they, st- they have to continue to get better. Um, and then for Carolina, I mean, at this point, their season's kind of a wash. Um, as far as you know, in in my opinion, them being a playoff team, they're they're not they're not a playoff team in that division with with Tampa Bay, uh, for sure. And I don't really think they'd get in as a wild card. So f- so for them, I just want to see them continue to improve. I think they have with Cam Newton. I mean, he gives them a much better chance to win um, than than old uh, mono Sam Darnold. So. Um, yeah, I, um, this was, this was a good matchup and, um, Riverboat Ron gets the win. 
Yeah, absolutely. Riverboat Ron gets the win in Carolina where he started his, I, I think started his coaching career. I want to say, I, I, yeah. I could be wrong about that, but he's been, been in the league for so long, but where he took Carolina to a Super Bowl did not end up winning, but still took Carolina to a Super Bowl. A lot of memories there. So a lot of storylines out of that game with more on this victory, Washington 27 in the Panthers 21. We will take it to my interview with Washington great Rick Doc Walker. All right. Joining us now on the Kirby on sports podcast to recap the Washington football team's victory over the Carolina Panthers, 27 to 21. It is the doctor, Rick Doc Walker. Rick, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Kerb. Good to be on the program. Yes, always a pleasure to have you back, sir. It's um, been quite a while. I mean, uh, it must be nice celebrating a nice Washington football team victory after um, an electric appearance by Cam Newton at pregame. It seemed like that stadium was rocking, excited to see Cam Newton back. Yeah, I mean, all the pageantry, but, you know, it, it, I thought it was overhyped. Uh, there's no way a guy in less than a week can come in and be as good as he may ultimately be. I thought we caught him at the right time. Ron said the same thing, but it's not about Cam. It's about us how we play. All we need to do is handle our business. And it's the NFL. The Texans beat Tennessee. It's the NFL. This is not the ACC or SEC. There are no weak links. Everybody's capable of kicking your behind. And so you just got to go out there and play like John Allen. John Allen, to me, is a warrior. He's leading this charge. And Heineke and Gibson, if they don't give the other team encouragement by fumbling or throwing picks, we're becoming a very difficult team to beat. Absolutely. And let's just start with the defense. They've been playing exceptionally well these past two weeks, better than in past weeks, unfortunately, without Chase Young or Montez Sweat. But it seemed like that wasn't an issue. It seemed like it was next man up for this Washington defense. Well, it's not like they were Deacon Jones and Joe, I mean, we're on the hype. Oh, that's great. We're not in the offseason now. This ain't about commercials. and They got nothing to do with can you beat your guy. And neither both guys played under their talent. Both guys held talent hostage. And yet, um, I can't wait to get them back because I think they'll be better than ever. Now that they've seen, this team is not dependent upon. You don't have a life lock on this team. It's the NFL. Everybody can be replaced. So it's not about what you've done in the past. It's what you're doing now. And they weren't busting a great to, based on their talent. And I think they'll be much better when they return. Yeah, so um, looking here at this offense, it looks like these past two weeks, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Taylor Heineke's performance because it seems like to me, and I could be wrong, it seems like Scott Turner's letting him move more outside of the pocket, letting him make plays when they're not there. And he did that on that one fourth and three to John Bates. That was an incredible throw. What are your thoughts on Taylor Heineke so far? Well, he's getting better. Again, him, he and Gibson, I put them in the same boat. Love them to death as long as they don't turn the ball over. 
The moment they turned the ball over, I got to move on because the frequency was killing them. We lost, we lost four games in a row. We given the ball away. So Gibson gave it up again, and Ron put it behind on the bench for half. And he came back, and he, he's a hell of a player. But I don't play fumblers. It's too hard to get where you are to have somebody be that undisciplined. Same thing with Heineke. Hit our guy, not their guy. Be who you are and compete. He's so competitive. I love him for what he brings to the table. But the whole team's on a short rope with me. I'm not going to be beating the bongo drums here for a team that's won three or four games. We got a lot of time. We got to make up a lot of space because we effed up the first of the season. So now it's time for redemption. Coach Turner, to me, called another great game. It's not about the kids. You got to put them in a position. Our offensive line, even Larson came in, played well. He got hurt. Next man up. And that big group of hombres are playing their butts off if the coach will simply give them a chance to show what they're made of. And he did it, and they're doing it. And I don't expect this to stop. I expect us to get better. Absolutely. Um, you look here, Doc, at the uh, tight end position, and it seems like there are injuries left and right at the tight end position, but it seems like that that one-third from Bates, I'm going to go back to McClo- um, excuse me, Heineke to Bates. I feel like the next wide rec- uh, excuse me, the next tight end is playing just as well, but it seems like Logan Thomas is on the track to make his return here soon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get involved in injured players. I don't give a damn if you're not playing, you're, you're gone. I'm into the guys that are there. And yeah. so uh, we got a young man from Chile who is getting a few snaps in there. He's even going to get better. It's the next man up league. Anybody that whines and talks about who's not playing to me is a moron. It, it, it's nothing to be disrespectful about. You can't help me. I know you'd love to, but you can't help. So yeah. now you're seeing the byproduct of their front office. They pick Bates up. Good move. Whoever voted for that, good move. So the, the people that come in, you know, at every position, Carter. Carter's, to me, him and Terry, they doing this. But they drafted, you know, kid out of Carolina. Damien, he's not playing. And when he's there, I, he, he's not, he don't jump out at me. Sims jumps out. I want guys that want to go. I don't care where you went to school. I don't give a damn what round you were drafted in. I want you to play. And you play on Sunday and you play hard. And you play smart. We got a chance to win. If not, it's the same old crap. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, uh, DeAndre Carter started off the year as um, a kick returner. Then they bring him in the wide receiver slot. He looks pretty darn well. It looks like another weapon along with Terry McLaurin. McLaurin in this game. Uh, five receptions, 103 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, DeAndre only had 22 yards, but he also had a touchdown in that game also. Yeah, oh, I love him. I love him. Cameron Curl, I'm crazy about him. Casey Tuhill, you know, Smith Williams, uh, Landon Collins in the box. He's a badass in the box. So, you know, but they were treating him like – it's like putting your child in – in charge of paying your bills. They asking him what he wants. I don't give a damn what he wants to do. Here's where he's best. 
You either play that position or you're out. I don't need you. Because if you got to play a safety, I'd cut him. But if you want to play linebacker, then I'll make him captain. That's how good he can be. But I'm not messing around with nobody's damn ego on a team that won two games. Not mm-hmm. me. Yeah, absolutely, of course. But, I mean, looking ahead, they have a Monday night matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be very interesting, Doc, to see if this team can continue playing how they are. I, I'm not saying by any stretch that this team is perfect. There are still adjustments that need to be made, but it looks like they're getting better and better. Yeah, they are. And I love their effort. I love their effort all year. That's why I, I believe in them. Because it's not a lack of effort. It's a lack of technique. It's a lack of discipline. It's a lack of coordination. So once you rule all that out and get, you know, no, this is, look, a bad football team does not need any prima donnas. We need blue collar guys that coming in here to get their elbows dirty and go to war. So now we got that great group of guys in here. They're trying to, hey, man, they want nice things too. They want to be in commercials and drive convertibles and do all those things. Mm-hmm. So on a really good team, unless you're Aaron Donald or somebody, you miss time, you're gone. You never get your job back. You might still be on the team, but a good team – Everybody's competing for playing time. You don't just give some sucker playing time because of how you drafted him. They ain't got a damn thing to do with his results. You either step up, get the job done, or move on. We can, we've been stuck in mediocrity for decades. It's time to get this. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm ready to move forward. And either we get the right people in place or we get other people. Absolutely. Rick Doc Walker, a man that speaks the truth, a former Washington football great. Rick, we appreciate the time, sir. I know you have a very um, po- uh, podcast that's up and coming on Patreon. Tell my listeners where they can find you at. Hey, man, we're not for everybody. That's why I love this. We, I, we got it. Like the Surgeon General, they have that label. They say, you know, too much of me could be hazardous to your health. So... <laughs> Be careful. But if you got the guts to join us inside the locker room, www.patreon.com slash Doc Walker. We would love to embrace you. But again, we're not for everybody. We, we, I'm coming hard to the mic, and we're strong about our opinion. So if you can deal with it, love to have you. If not, thank you. Yes, sir. Rick, always a pleasure chopping it up with you, sir. Let's do it again soon. Anytime. Look forward to it. Good deal. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you about Regroup Building Services. If you're looking to get your home remodeled, any part of your home, bathroom, kitchen, want to get a deck built, anything like that, Regroup Building Services can just about do everything. And Take it from me because they came in and they remodeled my family's kitchen and they do a great job. So if you're looking for any sort of home remodeling needs, uh, deck work done, anything of that nature, reach out to my guy Sean Hibbard over at Regroup Building Services today. You can check them out on their website, www.regroupbuildingservices.com, where they do the honeydews that your honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you.
Once again, the Washington football team, 27, and the Carolina Panthers, 21. A big thanks to Washington great Rick Doc Walker for taking the time to interview with me about this contest as well. Once again, I'm Josh Kirby, joined by the weapon Dan Dembski. Carlos is off this week. Dan, the next game on our slate, the Minnesota Vikings in the Green Bay Packers. This is Aaron Rodgers' first game back after the whole COVID mess. You know, that's in, that's in the past. But um, in my – I mean, he threw four touchdowns, but, I mean, I the Packers just did not look – a hundred percent for some reason. And I heard that Aaron Rodgers has some sort of toe injury. I'm not sure if that attributed in any way or if that was after the game. Granted, Rodgers threw four touchdowns in the game, but in my opinion, the Packers just did not look right, in my opinion. I'm not sure why. Looking at the Vikings, Kirk Cousins with three touchdowns on the day. And I'll tell you what, um, who I really liked seeing in that game was uh, Justin Jefferson. He has been Mm -hmm. playing very well for this uh, Minnesota Vikings football team. Um, In my opinion, uh, in this game, I mean, he I mean, he didn't play that much in this game but i mean he's still a factor um he had two touchdowns 169 yards so i mean it's really good to see a player like jefferson to compliment um adam thielen because um yeah they have they have weapons yeah they (laughs) they have a lot of weapons it's just can kirk cousins utilize them to the best of his ability and win and this is another flash for Kirk Cousins where Minnesota might go out and pay him another 84 million a year but uh, I mean case in point how many close games have the Vikings been in this season because it's ridiculous I know Vikings fans that I talk to about every week and they just can't take much more of the close games and losing or uh, game winning field goal like what happened in this game it's crazy to me yeah, they've been in a ton of close ones. Um, seemingly every week, just about has been a one possession game, um, except their win against Seattle back in week three. That that's the last time they had a win that was or a game that was, you know, less than one possession. And I know I know they're five and five, but Kirk Cousins has been one of the most consistent quarterbacks this year. Twenty touchdowns, two just two interceptions on the season. Wow. Um, we, we, we give him a lot of crap, and look, he kind of deserves it. He's Kirk Cousins. Um, but he he really has been playing well this season so far. And, um, the I mean, all of those Vikings games that were so close could, could have easily been wins. Uh, they just needed to make, you know, one or two more plays, and I guess you could argue they could technically be undefeated. <laughs> but this that's not how it works. But the key thing for the Vikings in this game, I think, was wearing out the Packers defense and the Packers just had no answer. Uh, whether it was Dalvin cook who had a really good game, 80, 86 rushing yards or Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen or Conklin just destroying their secondary. Um, 
that I mean the that that's it for me. Uh, you know, we had a feeling this was going to be a high scoring contest. Both offenses, we know how good they can be, and um, this this was this lived up the expectations. It's it's funny because in the NFC North, you know, we all just assume the Packers are going to roll every division game or whatever. But you got to give the Vikings credit. You know, they're not out of it yet. They're they're not out of it yet. They have to string together some wins here and hope the Packers slip up a couple more times. But look, it's a long season. Uh, you still got six or seven weeks to go. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. And I, I, I think for the Packers, their offense, they have nothing to worry about. Um, it's with, with Rodgers, um, they have a game this this week, and then, of course, they have a bye week. So it'll be he can heal up um, more in the bye week. And then uh, I, th- I one thing I will say about the Packers offense is the fact that uh, A.J. Dillon didn't really get going in this game, and that's the reason why. Rodgers had to throw it almost 35 times. Yeah, um, that that that's not that's not really good. Except no. for if you're Aaron Rodgers, because he'll make something happen, even with a hurt toe. Well, he gives him he gives him a chance every game. It 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 doesn't matter who they're playing or, or what the circumstances are. That's just that's just Aaron Rodgers. Um, so their offense doesn't have much to worry about. I, I think establishing the run is still important for them. But look, they're they're eight and three. They're they're gonna be fine. Um, they have a bye week in two weeks, like I said, so that'll be key for them to get more healthy, get some guys back and, um, you know, they'll be fine. I, I, I think for Minnesota, what I want to see is them start to compile two or three, two or three wins in a row, because they've, like you said, they've had so many heartbreaking losses. It's just deflating when you lose so many games by one possession, you know? So that, that's the key for me, for them, um, there isn't much defense in the NFL other other than I mean, there's a couple defenses that stand out, but there's so many of these high scoring games every week. And I think this game was just another example of that. Absolutely. So once again, the Vikings 34 and the Packers 31, a game winning field goal to win the game for the Minnesota Vikings. Last but not least on our slate of games, the Sunday night matchup, excuse me, between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I mean, it's crazy to think that the Steelers put up 27 points in the fourth quarter. It was going into this game. I thought, the Chargers were going to run away with this, but 27 mm-hmm. points and, in the and fourth they were. quarter. Yeah. And they were then 27 points in the fourth quarter later, and you have a close game, but it comes down to a game-winning touchdown with like two minutes, 14 seconds, Justin Herbert to Mike Williams for the score. But, I mean, let's look here. 30, uh, 30 for 41, 382 yards. In three touchdowns for Justin Herbert. I mean, I I would make a case for offensive player of the week right there because Justin Herbert really, really amazed me on what he could do. Yeah, and he's shown so much maturity in just, you know, uh, and how far he's come. I mean, he's he's even better, I think, this season than he was last year. In 90 yards rushing on top of that. Right, right, exactly. And and he was their leading rusher because Eckler Eckler never really got going and, and they mm-hmm. struggled to to establish the run tra- the traditional run I should say because there's so many so many rushing quarterbacks now, um, but yeah you 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 said it well um, with with the Chargers they're just they're so talented 
And when Herbert threw that interception that was it bounced off Casey Hayward's helmet or Casey what's his not not Casey Cam uh Cam Hayward, sorry. I was thinking of Casey Hampton. That's a throwback. Uh that's a that's a player I haven't thought of in a long time. <laughs> um shoot. Uh but when when he threw that interception and and the um the Steelers drove down and I I believe they took the lead. I'm trying to remember because it's all kind of a blur. Um I think they might have. I think so. Uh and then then the Chargers were able to go down and and get the game winning touchdown anyway. But this was a really, really fun game and uh, you know su- the Sunday night games this year have been really really good for the most part. There's been a couple stinkers here and there but uh this lived up to the billing. Um, the Chargers, the Chargers are a really good football team. And look, that division's wide open. Uh, you know, just two or three weeks ago, we thought the Kansas City was done, and now they're back in back in it. Um, leading, they were leading the division. So, uh, the Chargers have to win to keep up at this point, and that that's the important thing for them. So they, they were able to get the job done. Um, crazy game for Keenan Allen. I mean, he had nine catches, 112 yards, and and Mike Williams five catches, 97 yards. I mean, those guys have been doing it for so long for the Chargers. They're just so they're so damn good. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I'm not even going to really touch on the defenses uh, because neither defense really put up much of a fight in this game. Pittsburgh, of course, got the clutch turnover that led them to uh, to go ahead and grab the lead late in the game. We thought I thought that was it. Uh, but the Chargers were able to answer. So that was a very nice touchdown catch to um, seal the game up, by the way. I think that was really oh, clutch. Yeah. I mean, Justin Herbert, just hands down, he. He probably put up a lot of points for fantasy owners this week. No doubt. No doubt at all. Um, and, you know, another key thing about, like, this is, like, the poise. The poise to come back and the poise to be able to, you know, put together that go-ahead or, or winning touchdown is just it, – it takes it takes something extra, and, and Justin Herbert has that. Um, he's just fun to watch in general. So yeah. – the Chargers are in good hands. They, they 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 can't let Herbert get away anytime soon. Um, you know they they have to sign him for long term. Um, I'll go to Pittsburgh now real quick. And um, you know we we all thought Pittsburgh was done. Um, obviously we saw how they played against the Lions. It's a disgrace to football. You know the, no one deserved to win that game, and rightfully rightfully so, no one did. Um, but they but Big Ben carried them, carried their offense in this game. Um, three touchdowns, almost 300 yards, no turnovers. You know, they said he'd been battling some injuries in the, in the earlier part of the season. That's why he struggled so badly. And you're, you're really seeing now him get more comfortable in the pocket um, and also not getting hit as much. That's key uh, for any quarterback, but especially Big Ben at his age where the injuries could, you know, could always increase. Um, so, you know, I, 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 think, I think Pittsburgh is interesting to me. Um, I, I don't really consider them a playoff team right now. Uh, but the, you know, they, they showed in this game that they have what it takes to compete at a playoff level, uh, offensively that, you know, the defense is another story, but another key problem for Pittsburgh and something that I think they're going to have to address going down the line is again, they can't establish the run and they couldn't establish the run in this game. Najee Harris only had 39 rushing yards. Yeah. So big Ben was forced to, to throw it a lot. Now, Pittsburgh falling behind had a lot to do with that. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, you know, it's 27 to 10 at that point. 
Um, and how about the comeback by Pittsburgh, uh, you know, outscoring the Chargers 27 to 14 in the fourth quarter? That's that was that was impressive. It's an impressive run they had. So both these teams, I, I, I think, are interesting to me. Um, I, I think I think the Chargers uh, will, like I said, they'll be fine. Um, they're just going to have to continue to hope Kansas City slips up and they have to keep taking care of business. And I think for Pittsburgh, you know, I'm not sure how this season is going to end up for them. Um, but I will say that they proved to me that their offense still has it in this game. Absolutely. That was the final game on our list. The Los Angeles Chargers 41 and the Pittsburgh Steelers 37. On the other side of the break, you'll hear from the Swiss Army Knife recapping the Carlos Bowl. Stay tuned. For sports fans living in condominium and homeowners associations, as well as business professionals, when you need a reserve study, PM Plus Reserves has been in business since 1990. Their studies are accurate and easy to understand. Check them out when your association needs a study. www.pmplusreserves.com You can also contact them at 703-803-8436. Once again, www.pmplusreserves.com. Yes, what is going on, everyone? Carlos Martinez here, also known as the Swiss Army Knife. Um, Unfortunately, I could not be on the podcast this week, but how could I not come on and talk about the Carlos Bowl in some way, shape, or form? Um, so with that being said, my takeaways start right now. So really this game was a lot for me to watch. Um, I have five takeaways that I really took away from this game and a couple other thoughts that I could possibly throw in, but I'll try to keep this quick. Uh, so you guys can get back to the normal episode. Um, so the Kansas City Chiefs ends up beating the Dallas Cowboys 19 to nine, pretty lackluster game offensively. Um, defensively, both defenses played fantastic. Um, you know, my number one takeaway is the Dallas defense is legit. And, uh, normally I said it on the live stream, um, before the game, cause we live streamed the first, uh, slate of games, the one o'clock slate of games, um, that basically Dallas's defense is predicated a lot on takeaways, but if they can't get takeaways and if the offense can't get going, uh, we can't necessarily rely on them to win. I would like to retract that statement because Dallas's defense is legit. They stepped up and played fantastic. They held Kansas city scoreless on five straight possessions. Of course they, and didn't let a single touchdown pass. Uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a single touchdown pass. Um, so really, I think it's time for us to maybe take away that label of this Dallas defense is just an opportunistic defense and necessarily can't win the game by themselves because they kept us in the game. Now they didn't hold Kansas city down. Of course, Kansas city, did score touchdown on their, uh, I believe on the first possession, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire ran it in, of course. And then, um, but really from there, Kansas city didn't really do much. It was, uh, we held them to field goals, uh, which really kept Dallas in this game. Um, but that brings me to, so really this loss isn't necessarily on the defense. I believe the defense kept us in this game. They played at a level that the offense couldn't match, um, which is strange because most of the time it's the offense who plays a lot better than the defense. Um, 
so and that brings me to my second takeaway. Dallas needs to clean up these uh, dumb penalties. Uh, dumb penalties all all game. Uh, we're the number one penali- penalized team um, in the NFL this season. Uh, we we got to clean those up. I mean, dumb holding holding calls, uh, false starts that are just drive killers. Drive killers. I mean, going into the fourth quarter specifically, I can remember there was one penalty where you know we're we're driving down the field. We're feeling good at the end of the third quarter. It looks like Dallas has a little momentum going. And then fourth quarter starts, and we immediately get a false start, and it pretty much just takes the wind out of our sails. And uh, Dallas can't convert, um, and ends up kicking a field goal. Um, you know, just dumb penalties like that. Uh, obviously, um, we didn't necessarily get. Well, there were th- three calls that didn't go our way that I can specifically think of. So Kansas City didn't necessarily get um, every call, um, but. You know, we definitely got uh, screwed out of some calls. And I'll touch on that a bit later. Uh, Number three, the O-line needs to step up in big games. And uh, we need to start thinking about life without Tyron Smith. Because Tyron Smith can't stay healthy anymore. He hasn't been healthy for many, many... I mean, for at at least the last three seasons, maybe even four seasons, I can't remember him actually finishing uh, playing a complete season. Um, So I think we definitely need to start thinking about what life is going to look like after Tyron Smith because, or even now we need to start thinking of a succession plan because Tyron Smith is not going to be, you know, in the NFL much longer. In my opinion, he can't stay healthy. He's constantly being plagued by ankle injuries. And I understand not playing him in this game because obviously we have three games in 12 days. Um, and he can be on a normal schedule going into, uh, next Thursday's or obviously for Thanksgiving, uh, and then of course we'd play uh, New Orleans the next Thursday, so he can go back on a normal schedule. That's fine, um, but really, I mean, Terrence Steele did not. He played so well while uh, Lyle Collins was out on the right side, but since he's moved to the left side, aside from that game against the Falcons, he did not do well. The whole offensive line did not play well this game. So much pressure was put on Dak Prescott, it was crazy, and that's why Dak couldn't get into a rhythm because. You know, they allowed five sacks. The whole season, they'd only allowed 11 sacks on Dak Prescott. And then this week, he was sacked five times in this game, which is ridiculous. I mean, three by Chris Jones. Chris Jones was an absolute animal. Um, And, I mean, this Kansas City defense, I got to give them credit also. They played very, 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 very well. Um, And with that being said, I mean, this was just really a game of of defense. Steve Spagnuolo played uh, a perfect game plan against Dallas's O-line, really attacked us where it hurt. Um and and it showed. I mean, we couldn't get the running game really going. Uh Dak Prescott couldn't you know, really get into a rhythm passing-wise. There was a lot uh, there was a lot of problems offensively for Dallas that we definitely need to address going into Thanksgiving. Uh key uh takeaway number 4 uh, Kansas City's crowd played a big factor in Dallas not getting the offense going. Listen, Arrowhead is difficult to play in, and not every stadium is Arrowhead Stadium, but but I, you could tell the team was rattled, especially coming in the beginning of the game. Um, we couldn't, you know, communication was off, uh, and it, it's definitely a lot tougher when you are in a hostile environment and you start to have 
or you can't get going. It's hard to get going, I believe, in that type of environment. So I will say Kansas City's crowd definitely came out to play, and they did a fantastic job in rattling uh, Dallas's offense. Um, number five, no CD or Amari on Thanksgiving could be a problem. CD Lamb, of course, left the game uh, at halftime with concussion off of the, you know, that final play that we had in the first half. Dak Prescott throws it up um, and throws an interception in the end zone and uh, try to really force the ball to CD Lamb in the end zone. CD Lamb went up and tried to play a defender, try to knock the ball out of the Kansas City defender's hands. Didn't necessarily do it, and when he landed, he his head slammed straight into the ground, um, and he was ruled out at uh, at the start of the third quarter with a concussion. Of course, Amari Cooper is out due to COVID, um, and I'm guessing he's not vaccinated. I'm not sure. If he's not vaccinated, he's definitely not going to be back for Thanksgiving because you have to quarantine for 10 days, and then you can come back. Um, so he might not be back until the next Thursday night game, but I don't. I do not foresee him playing in the um in the Thanksgiving game. So uh and if CD has a concussion, who knows how quickly he's going to be able to come back um from that. Is he going to make it in time for Thanksgiving? Is he going to be cleared in time? I don't think he will. So we're going to be going without Amari Cooper and CD Lamb, which was a big issue in this game because Wilson and um and all the other receivers that kind of replaced them, the only one that was really reliable were our tight end and, of course, Michael Gallup. Um, they, they, It's great that we have Michael Gallup back now, but um, it was definitely tough to watch because offensively we could not get going. Even with CeeDee Lamb, it was very tough. They were, double cover, you know, they were playing double coverage on him. And uh, really, it was just... A bad game by Dak Prescott and this offense. Kellen Moore called an awful game in this game. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big problem. Obviously, the Raiders lost today to the Bengals 32-13. Um, to 13. Um, And that's, that's, that's good news, I guess, because it's showing, you know, it's not like the Raiders are at the level that they were a little earlier at this season. Of course, they've had so many problems that we've touched on on the podcast. But, um, you know, Dallas not having our top weapons going into this game might be a problem. And right now we are at the third, we're the third seed. Um, and while these are the games that you can afford to lose, which are AFC games, we don't have a lot of room uh, here to uh, drop games. I mean... It seemed like Dallas was comfortable losing this game by not start starting Tyron Smith because I don't think in Dallas's mind this was a must win the way it was in the fans' minds. Now, of course, we wanted to see them play, you know, fantastic, and we wanted to see them play against the Chiefs and you know, light them up or whatever. But uh, it didn't happen. Dak Prescott didn't look good, and it's because the offensive line, you know, the offensive line did not play at the level that we know that they can play at. So, uh, with that being said, um, Dallas definitely has. Uh, a lot of work to do you know a couple things I want to touch on before I go is there are three atrocious no call penalties um that they did not call in favor of the Dallas Cowboys there was the one intentional grounding where it was absolutely clear that uh, Patrick Mahomes threw that out of bounds no receiver was around the area and he was inside the tackle box 
and the refs try to say, oh, Tyreek was in the air. Tyreek was like 20 yards uh, down the field. He was nowhere near that ball, in my opinion. That was bad. Now, I'm not saying these, these calls would have, you know, changed the course of the game the way it was going. It was clear from, you know, the way the, the trajectory of the game that Dallas wasn't going to get going. My fear was mostly how long could this defense hold before the floodgates open? And they held they held Patrick Mahomes to no touchdown passes and they they committed multiple turnovers uh, or not committed. They they forced multiple turnovers um on Kansas City and um and really gave Dallas a shot. It's just our offense didn't uh hold up their end of the bargain. Um and one another thing drops 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 we had the rece- the receiving core aside from Amari Cooper, aside from CD Lamb, aside from Michael Gallup, they need to do better. They dropped so many passes that it just did not help the case, especially when considering um you know the the pressure that Dak Prescott was on all game. I mean they, they, the rest of the receiving core did not do their job. They de- they need to step up. The offensive line needs to step up. The biggest uh, plus side of or, or plus that came out of this game was definitely Micah Parsons uh, coming out and doing what he did. He had Patrick Mahomes running for his life, and not just Pat, uh, and not just Micah Parsons, just the whole defense in general really stepped up this game. Dan Quinn really showing his worth again. Um, you know, ultimately. I still believe Dallas is the better team than Kansas City, um, but it was it was already going to be a tall task to beat this team at Arrowhead with that crowd, um, with Amari Cooper out. Now you add in the elements of our offensive line was banged up. No Tyron Smith. Um, you know Zeke gets hurt kind of in this game and doesn't really get going, you know, because the offensive line can't really hold anything. Dak Prescott doesn't get into a rhythm. The receivers are dropping balls. Everything kind of worked into the favor of Kansas City, except our defense had something to say about them not being able to hang with Kansas City's offense. Uh, Kansas City's offense isn't back. They looked exactly how they've looked all season aside from last week. They're not back. So with that being said, um, I still think that if Dallas is 100% healthy and they come and play this Kansas City, I, I still think da- Dallas still beats Kansas City. Um, but tonight was not their night. Tonight was the night for Kansas City, my other team. So it's a win-win for me, uh, ultimately. Um, it does suck because Dallas had the opportunity at the one seed here. Um, of course, that was uh, kind of contingent on... Seattle handling business against Arizona, but they didn't. But we still could have had the number two seed. Of course, we lost. So we stay at the three. If Tampa Bay wins tomorrow, we go down to the four. Um, Either way, we're going to have a home playoff game. Uh, I'm not necessarily worried about this team because we didn't lose the way we lost to Denver here. We were still in this game. It's just if our offense didn't get going. So, um, yeah, that's about all I got. Um, Disappointing loss. I'm not worried. Um, we have a long stretch of games here. Like I said, three games in 12 days. Um, but with all that being said, I think I'm about done here. Um, you know, uh, Dallas will be fine. Dallas will be fine. Kansas City's in first place still in the division. Uh, but, you know, 
this is a game that ultimately is not going to cost anything to Dallas. So with that being said, it was nice being with you guys. Sucks that I couldn't be on the show with you, t- with my boys, Dan and Kirby. Um, the three-man booth will be back next week. Um, but with all that being said, Kirby, back to you. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you are interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other accent piece for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local high quality handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.shenandoahprimitives.com Once again, that's www.shenandoahprimitives.com Hey sports fans! Thank you for listening to and supporting the Kirby on Sports podcast with founder and host Josh Kirby, along with lead contributor Dan Dembski. Like, subscribe, and give them a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast from. My name is Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation. Our company helps leaders build engaged and productive teams. Exclusively for listeners of the Kirby on Sports podcast, you can take an opportunity to discover your primary communication style and learn more about effective communication with others. Text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free copy of the Working From Home Communication Assessment where you'll learn your primary communication style, how to better communicate with others not like you, and tips on working remotely based on your personal communication style. 10 minutes, tons of resources. Learn about yourself and your team. Again, text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free assessment report today. I'm Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, where we help you and your team be more engaged and productive by understanding each other better. Back to you, Josh. All right. Thank you to the Swiss Army Knife, Carlos Martinez, for that recap of the Carlos Bowl, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Dan, it's time for the hurry up offense. Are you ready? Let's ready to roll, man. Let's get through it. Let's go. First and foremost, the Patriots over the Falcons, 25 to nothing. I mean, what is there to say? Nothing to add. Um, It it wasn't 28 to three, and then the Patriots came back and won. (laughs) Oh, boy. You got to keep reminding Falcons fans of that. They they love it. Uh, Mac Jones just looks better and better every week. I've been impressed with him. And, yeah, the uh, Falcons are a terrible team. Patriots, man. I wouldn't be surprised if they get into the playoffs. They're seven and four. And, you know, the way the Bills have played, we'll, we'll touch on that. I could I could see the Patriots getting in. Going right now to the Colts over the Bills. The Colts looked impressive. Jonathan Taylor with 
uh, Madden rookie stats right yeah. there. 32 carries, 185 yards, and four touchdowns as the Colts lay the pile driver over the Buffalo Bills, 41 to 15. Well, he ran so Carson Wentz could run, in the, or or he ran so Carson Wentz could walk in this game. Uh, that's that's how I would describe it. Um, yeah, the Colts, the Colts are um, they're such an odd team to me. To be honest with you, they they have a good game one week and then they have a stinker. So I'm not sure if this is uh, if this is something you know to watch out for. I will say for the Bills, I'm kind of concerned with the Bills right now. You know, they're they're six and four. Their defense didn't do anything to stop the Colts at all. And, you know, I'm concerned that they only had 51. Their leading rusher, Matt Breida, only had 51 yards. So I'm concerned for the Bills moving forward. I am, too. The next game, the Texans over the Titans, 22 to 13. Tyrod Taylor's back. That that might not seem impressive, but yeah. Tyrod Taylor, I, I I love seeing him play. He needs to get a fair shake in this league with no injuries. Uh, he rushed for two touchdowns in this game. Former Hokie right yeah. there, Dan. Yeah, and this was a this was a sleepwalk game for the Titans. Uh, you know, they they didn't play their best game and they kind of seemed disinterested. So Texans took advantage of it. You got You got to give credit where credit's due and. You know, I, I don't know if Tyrod is was that spark they needed to sort of get them moving, but it worked for them. Um, I'm not quite to the level where I'm super concerned with with uh, Tennessee yet, just because they haven't had, you know, you know they had that loss to the Jets that we remember from way back. Um, this was kind of that other game, so hopefully it's out of their system now. They're able to continue to to put the put their foot on the pedal and and uh, and step up and and win games down the stretch. The Browns over the Lions, 13 to 10. Browns, yeah. eh, not so hot of a game in my opinion, but the Browns without Jared Goff and obviously finding a way to lose. I'm surprised the Browns kept it that close, but Mayfield with two interceptions, Nick Chubb, 130 yards rushing. But this Browns team, Baker made some complaints about the fans booing. Yeah, you you can't do that. I mean, he's got to accept that he didn't play. He didn't play well at all. And yeah. um, he's supposed to be that guy in the franchise. So obviously, if you don't play well, fans are going to be upset and they're going to show mm-hmm. you. So, um, yeah, the, the Browns don't impress me, um, to, to be honest. And that's not just because I'm a Ravens fan. Well, that has something to do with it. But um, Baker, like you said, with two picks, he just he, he doesn't seem to get better. Um, and uh, that's what uh, that's just how he is as a quarterback um lions not much to say about them um they they've had some close games too you know what i mean they've they've been in several of these games and really could have gone either way but they're just the lions what can you say they're just (laughs) simply unlucky absolutely next game 49ers over jags 30 to 10 yeah, I don't know much to add. Uh, don't have much to say about this game. Jags are just, I mean, they're they are one of the worst teams in the league right now uh, in this season. So this was a game the 49ers had to have to get back to 500. They, they were able to do it. And Garoppolo played well. Dolphins over the Jets, 24 to 17. Yeah, again, not, not, not much to say. This is a, this is an AFC East matchup and, those games are normally pretty close for the most part. And this, this was no exception. Uh, Joe Flacco 
two touchdown passes. I will say that much. Um, <laughs> couldn't, uh, couldn't, wasn't enough to help the Jets in this game. I mean, they, they don't have much help on defense. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have much else to say. The Eagles over the Saints, 40 to 29. If Dallas ends up imploding on themselves like they have been known for in years past. Now, I'm not saying anything (laughs) like they will be imploding, but if they do, this is the team you need to watch out for in the NFC East. The Eagles are looking very sneaky, and Jalen Hurts knows how to operate a football, and he looks pretty darn good, Dan. I mean, in this game, 147 yards, another 69 yards with three touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, that's um, he's he's a dual threat and he's really starting to come into his own and he was struggling, struggling to start the season. But it's nice to see him finally start to step up and play really well for them. Um, Yeah, you said it. the Eagles are sneaky good. And look, Trevor Simeon, uh, he, he played a pretty good game. Um, The Saints just they have no defense at all. You know, they have to score 45, 50 points to keep up mm-hmm. and, you know, who would have thought the Eagles would have showed us that, but they, but they did. The Bengals over the Raiders, 32 to 13. It looks like the Raiders are falling off a yeah. cliff, kind of. Yeah, they've gone through a lot. Uh, you, you, of course, with this, this stuff with Gruden uh, and, and the stuff with Ruggs more recently, uh, you can't deny the impact that has in a locker room and the attitudes and just emotions of, of your football team. So that, I mean, that's, kind of what this to me is indicative of and and Cincinnati they 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 needed this win because they've had a couple games recently where it's been like where did that Cincinnati go that beat the Ravens and had their Super Bowl when they beat the Ravens so I'm not I'm not throwing shade at Cincinnati it kind of sounds like I am yes I am uh but uh yeah this this is just a case of a team one team sputtering and the other team needed a win so that's what happened Colt McCoy leads the Cardinals to another victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Colt McCoy, man, it's great to see him back in the league still because he's had a lot of backup stints, a lot of different places, and it's just impressive to see him being able to perform. But looking on the other side of the football, Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, they're just not looking good, man. Yeah, and... I, I, I hate to say this, but it makes me wonder if he'll ever be the same player he was, um, you know, six, seven years ago. Obviously, he's gotten older now. Um, it's I just again, I, I, I hate to even think that, but y- you have to think that because Russell Wilson just hasn't looked good since he came back. And I know he's like two weeks from he's two weeks in from when he got a surgery. So I, I maybe I shouldn't say anything now, but. Surprising that, you know, I talked about I'm surprised Colt McCoy's in, in the NFL even, but he played well. I mean, he threw for 328 yards, and the Cardinals find ways to win, man. It, it doesn't matter who they put out there. They're they're a good football team right now, um, and people still aren't talking about them that much, to be honest. It's kind of surprising to hear. They're flying but, under the radar, in my opinion. And you know what? That's probably the way they want it. They the because when you know usually when a team starts getting a lot of you know national attention is when they st- start to fold. So I would say just fly Cardinals fly to use the Eagles phrase. In this, Dan, in this. Dan, remember when we were at the beach and we were listening to that sport Mad Dog Radio or whatever? And yeah, I huh? I clearly remember the host saying 
Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the first coach to be fired this season. Yeah, he was wrong about that. Uh, yeah. It was just crazy that I heard that. And I agree with him. And right now the Cardinals are nine and two. You know, they've no one expected Kyler Murray to play as well as he has either uh, to to play at an MVP caliber level. Um, And look, they they have weapons on offense, but that defense has also played well uh, too. You got to give them credit for how they were able to especially shut down the Seahawks in this game. Only 36 rushing yards for Alex Collins, who was their leading rusher. So just crazy. Last but not least, the Buccaneers over the Giants, 30 to 10. And the Giants relieve offensive coordinator Jason Garrett of his duties. Well, they should relieve everyone. I mean, they are pathetic. Sorry, Lauren, if you listen to this. But yeah, it's uh, this game doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, it, it was just really... This, this was a game for Tampa Bay to get back on track, I think, more than anything else, because they've had some... They've had some games recently where, again, similar to some other teams we talked about where you're saying, where was the Tampa Bay that we saw to start the season where they their first two wins were just dominant? Um, you know, they, they, they came into this game losing two games in a row to Washington and to, to the Saints. So nice, nice comeback win for the uh, for um, Tampa Bay. Jeez, I forgot their name. And um that's really all Brady needs here for the second half of the season here uh, to, to, to finish strong. And I, I think looking at their schedule, they, they will finish strong. That does it for the hurry up offense. We will wrap things up right after this. Hey there, this is Mark Francis of Icon Real Estate. If you have any real estate needs in the Winchester surrounding area, including West Virginia, give me a call. I've got extensive experience, been in the business for almost 20 years and would love to help you out. Track me down at Icon Real Estate, IconSells.com, or even give me a call, 540-247-1527. Again, IconSells, I-C-O-N-S-E-L-L-S.com, and I would love to chat with you and help you out. Give me a call. Wrapping things up here on the Kirby on Sports Podcast, I'm Josh Kirby, joined by the weapon Dan Dembski. Dan, what are we looking out for this week? That's a good question. Um, you know, I'm just looking at the games now. Titans Patriots seems like a good matchup to me. It's the one o'clock game on Sunday. That looks like a really good matchup, especially with the way the Titans played this past weekend. They got to get back on track. Um, and the Patriots are, are hot as can be right now. So that, that'll be a great game. Um, also, I think. I'm really excited to see Rams Packers. That's going to be a really fun game. I believe that's America's game of the week this week on Fox. Um, see if uh, Rodgers can keep it going and uh, see if Stafford can can sort of turn it around from where he's been recently. So th- those are the th- two games I'm looking out for. Man, I'm glad you didn't take mine. Uh, this happens once a year on a Thursday Thanksgiving. You have not one, not two, but three, three football games. games, along mm. with feasting on turkey and mashed potatoes. It is that time of year. It is a season of giving. It is the holiday season. Uh, I I really, truly believe that the holiday season starts when Thanksgiving begins. And well, can't believe we're coming. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 for a pretty common thought. <laughs> no, okay, okay, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how other people think. So, yeah, you know, that's but fair. still, I mean, I mean, I, I still can't believe 
we're almost to Thanksgiving, ladies and isn't gentlemen. That, but crazy. Yeah, crazy. You're feasting, hanging out with family, and watching some gosh darn football. I don't care if it's the Bears, Lions, Raiders, Cowboys, Bills, and Saints. It's going to be three very good football games, maybe, that I get to sit back and enjoy while eating turkey, mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie, and who knows what else? I mean, I, I, have can, to I haven't had dinner yet, so so slow down with that food, man. No, I'm it's our Buffalo Wing Factory will take care of you. But um, anyway, uh, I think I'm going to do Chick-fil-A. But anyway, that's all right. All right. But anyways, it, eating all that and watching football and spending time with family. Nothing better, nothing better than that. I mean, um, Dan, just sort of wrapping things up, your go to Thanksgiving dish. Oh, man, uh, it's got to be my mom's uh, corn pudding. It's like uh, it's like cornbread, but it's like in a casserole form. Oh, it's, it's really, really good. It's oh, really good. Man. It goes goes great with all your other Thanksgiving foods. So it's favorite Thanksgiving it's dessert. <sighs> got to be man. Got to be pumpkin pie just because, you know, it's. It's it, it really only comes around this time of year. Like like you can get it anytime, you know, but this is this is the time when everybody gets pumpkin pie. And it's mm-hmm. it it just it hits differently, man. It's yeah, it's, it's really good. I mean, also apple pie. I mean, I'm 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 a, I'm a big pie guy. I'm Dan the pie guy. I just <laughs> I could eat pie all the time. So what's um, yours? I, I'm going turkey with home style gravy that's up okay. the way my family does it it tastes really well creamy mashed potatoes just nice and creamy white loaded with gravy and salt my gosh then pumpkin pie and we do a chocolate pie too and oh yeah, like, ma- like a pudding pie something like that it's very good i'm definitely coming over i love i love chocolate and i love pudding pie so oh, yeah yeah So it's going to be fun. And um, that about wraps it up. Dan, thanks for joining me once again. And I wish you and yours a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, man. Looking forward to uh, to what we do at the end of this year and all all into next year. Very thankful for you and and thankful for this podcast. Yes. Thankful for you. Thankful that you uh, continue to stay on this podcast. And I'm thankful for Carlos as well. I I guess even though he's not here, we're thankful for Carlos as well. And we're (laughs) thankful for all of you who take time out of your day to listen to our podcast because it means the world. And we greatly appreciate all of your support. We greatly appreciate our sponsors, the Trumbull Insurance Agency, Patrick Bankemper. We greatly appreciate Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, Mark Francis with Icon Real Estate. Thank you to everybody, our sponsors, listeners, family, friends who take the time to support the Kirby on sports podcast, because without you all, uh, I mean, we have drive to do this, but without your encouragement, I mean, there's no drive. If nobody's pushing you to get better and better, encouraging you along the way. So we really do appreciate that. And I mean, it just means the world, all the guests, all the people willing to come on my show, Rick, doc Walker, Everybody, yeah, too many people to name, but I'm really thankful for what this podcast has given to me and um, Dan and Carlos as well. So it's gonna, 
Uh, I'm looking forward to this holiday season, the new year, and seeing what that yes, brings sir. for this podcast. Can't wait. It's going to be – we're going to do even even bigger things next year, I think. I'm hope I'm hoping for the best there, my man. So yes, sir. you can check out anything and everything, the Kirby on Sports podcast at KirbyonSports.com. Find us on all social media platforms as well. Until the next time you hear from us, eat a lot of turkey, eat a lot of pumpkin pie, stay oh, safe, yeah. stay healthy, happy holidays, so long, and peace out.